While others are gathering with us, let's sing together some of these lovely old hymns. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. I wonder tonight, are you leaning on the everlasting arms? I trust that's your experience as a child of God. Remain exceeded while we sing, please. tonight the burden that any one of us carry. You don't know the burdens that I carry. I don't know in many ways the burden that you carry. But we know one who does. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Lovely hymn. Think of these lovely words, please. <clears throat> Yeah. 
270 down at the cross where my Saviour died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried. <clears throat> Six hundred and forty five is a lovely hymn, All Anxiety. All our care. No, that's not what it is. It's is there a yes, is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? And the chorus is all your anxiety, all your care. Bring to the mercy seat. Leave it there. We'll sing these two verses of this hymn. We come to the second verse, we'll sing it unaccompanied, but verse one and the chorus of the music, please. <laughs>
Tonight is a hymn 248. Under the burdens of guilt and care, many a spirit is grieving. Who in the joy of the Lord might share life everlasting this evening. We'll stand while we make this our opening hymn. Continue to sing our very best, please.
Let's unite our hearts together in prayer. <clears throat> Let's all seek the Lord's face in prayer. I'm going to ask one of our elders, Mr. Wesley McCauley, if Wesley will lead us to the throne of grace in prayer, please. Let us all pray. Our eternal God and heavenly Father, we <coughs> bow in thy presence right at the very commencement of our family service tonight, and we come into thy presence with reverence and humility. Lord, we come reverently because we realize who thou art, that thou art God Almighty, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, one who is full of wisdom, power, goodness, holiness, and truth. And, oh Lord, we realize who we are, so we come with humility. Lord, that we are sinners. Oh Lord, there's not one of us here, but we haven't come short of the glory of God. We know that we were shaped in iniquity and and sin that our mothers conceive us. And yet, Lord, we thank thee that we can come right into thy presence tonight through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thou hast made a way, made it possible for us to come into the presence of Almighty God through Christ our Savior. And, O oh Lord, we just give thee thanks today for a real sense of thy presence with us throughout this day. We thank thee for being with us in the times of prayer, in the uh, Sunday school and the Bible class and in our morning service Lord we thank you for a real sense of thy presence and also as we sat around thy table this morning and Lord we pray that thou wilt continue with us and we will know thy presence with us in this gospel evening service Lord we ask that thou wilt speak to each of our hearts tonight <coughs> as we sing thy praise as we read thy word and especially as we hear the message preached forth tonight Lord, we pray that you will speak to every heart. We thank thee for so many in this gathering who can look back to a time when they came to Christ and tonight they can sing from their hearts about that eternal life. But Lord, we know there are those who perhaps are not confident that they have that eternal life. They've never come to that place where they've trusted thee. And, O oh Lord, we're so glad that they're with us in this meeting tonight. But, Lord, we just pray that tonight you might speak especially to them. And, Lord, they might not be like King Agrippa where they're almost persuaded. But, Lord, that tonight they might be fully persuaded to be a Christian. So, Lord, come into our midst, we pray. We pray for what we pray for here in Hebron. We ask for every other congregation for thy word is going forth tonight. We think especially of our brother's congregation in Ochtacloy. We pray, Lord, that thou wilt bless that fellowship there. We thank thee for bringing him into our midst tonight. And, o Lord, we just pray that thou wilt bless him as he preaches the gospel, that he will know the help of the Holy Spirit. And, O Lord, that he will even have the joy of bringing, leading some soul to thee. Remember our own pastor, Lord, as well. We thank thee for him and we pray that thou wilt bless him in this time of holiday, him and his dear wife, and that you will bring him refreshed and reinvigorated back into our midst again. So, Lord, be with us now and do us good and bless us, for we ask it for thy name's sake. Amen. Thank you, Wesley. Continue to remember our dear brother. The Lord will continue to lay his healing hand upon him and help him in these days. Hymn 225, What though clouds are hovering o'er me, 
<clears throat> and I seem to walk alone, longing mid my cares and crosses for the joys that now are flown. We'll stand again and sing this lovely hymn together, please. <laughs> you welcome in the Saviour's name. We thank you all for coming and for joining with us tonight. And if you're visiting with us, we bid you especially welcome. And we trust that each one of us will know the Lord's blessing as we gather. We also bid a welcome to those who are joining us by Sermon Audio, Facebook, or YouTube, and wherever you are. We trust that as you've joined with us here in Hebron, that you will know the Lord's blessing to be your portion. Refreshments will be served after the service this evening and it'll be of course served in the fellowship area for our young people remember that after the service tonight in our bush mills uh, congregation 
there will be the North Coast Youth Rally. The speaker will be uh, Mr. Phil Harton. Um, we trust that uh, our young people can make their way uh, to Bushmills to support that youth rally. There will be a hot supper also provided there. So if you're quick enough, you get your tea here and then you can go and you'll have your supper in Bushmills. But if that happens, then you'll be the size that I am and that's not a good idea. So it would just be better to have one supper. For those who are involved in the Youth Challenge, just a reminder for uh, those that there will be a time of prayer after the service. And if you could make your way to Julie's uh, classroom upstairs, uh, Brother Andrew uh, will be there. It's just that uh, those who are involved in TOTS set up this evening so that it's all ready for tomorrow morning. And so that time of prayer uh, will be after this service for those involved in the youth challenge. Mother or the Hebron Tots, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Remember that work as it continues. Youth challenge will recommence again uh, on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Continue to take this work upon uh, your heart in prayer. Remember our workers, remember the young people as they gather, and that again there will be a time of blessing amongst our young people even as they meet on Tuesday evening. Wednesday evening is the Hebron Ladies Fellowship when uh, our speaker will be Mrs. Rebecca Gibson and singing will be Miss Naomi Johnson. So it's a home-growing uh, contributions that we're going to have uh, on Wednesday night. And come out, ladies, support the fellowship, support our sisters as they take part in the service on Wednesday night here in Hebron. Thursday evening is our mid midweek service at 8pm and again one of our own, Mr David McCauley will have the opportunity of coming and bringing God's word and do we encourage you to come to the place of prayer and be with us on Thursday evening. Friday night is the Youth Fellowship at 8pm, also Friday night at 8pm in Castle Derg is the Presbytery for our Elders. Saturday morning in the open air uh, in the centre of our town and we are always encouraged by those who come to stand and to be uh, a public witness in the centre of our town and I trust that if you're free and available come and stand with us in the open air uh, in our town at 11 in the morning. Next weekend is our harvest services. We commence on the Saturday evening at 7.30 Mr. Stephen Greer will be along uh, to minister God's word and also to sing. Uh, Sunday morning we will have uh, Dr. John Douglas. Sunday evening we will have the Reverend Gareth Wilson from our Sandown congregation. In preparation for the harvest, those wishing to contribute flowers, fruit and, uh, and all the other bits and pieces that are used, uh, if you could leave them in at the church on Thursday evening or on Friday afternoon at the latest and I know our sister Diane would appreciate that very much and those that help there's a lot of work and a lot of effort uh, that goes into preparing the church for the harvest it never goes uh, without saying how much we are indebted to those who help in so many ways so we trust that you'll remember uh, this particular the harvest suppers again we like to Always make sure that the kettle's on in Hebron, uh, half a loaf of sandwiches and, half a, and a dozen pastry or a dozen buns. Sunday night, three quarter of a loaf of sandwiches and 
a dozen buns. So that's for those who uh, bring them. We again thank you, ladies, sincerely. Uh, we never go wanting, and we thank you in the Saviour's name. We have the early morning prayer meeting uh, at 8 a.m. next Lord's Day, and the Sunday school, 10.30, Bible class, where we'll continue uh, our study in Acts chapter 17, the relevance of the resurrection. We had the joy this year, earlier on in the year, of visiting uh, the city of Athens, and Christian and I just read together uh, that portion in Acts 17, when we were in Mars Hill. And what an encouragement and a challenge it was to our hearts. And so when we came home, we just started to look at the 17th chapter of God's Word and what a, a blessing it has been to our own souls. And so for these next few Sundays, we're going to deal uh, with what uh, the Apostle Paul had to say to the Stoics and to the uh, intelligent and learned people of the city of Athens. And I trust that our young people will be blessed even as we meet around his word. Those taking part in terms of singing, morning uh, service, the Hebron choir, uh, and they will minister to us in soon. In terms of the service that was planned for uh, the 15th of October, unfortunately, that service has now had to be cancelled. And I trust you'll remember our dear brother and that the Lord will lay his healing hand upon him. One other announcement, and that is in regards to Romania. And even though Mr. Park is on holidays, he still always finds a way of organizing things from a great distance. And even though he's on holiday, he's still thinking about other aspects of the work. And so he would appreciate, and he had sent the message to our brother Philip Calderwood, and if anyone is available tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, there are still other uh, clothes and things that could be put together into a pallet or maybe even two to be sent out to Romania before those who plan to go to Romania later on this month. And so if you can help to do the packing, can help in that, then if you could come tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I know our brother Philip and Reverend Park would very much appreciate that. So that's tomorrow night uh, here in the church at 7 p.m. We're going to wait upon you now for evening tithe and offering. And while we do that, we're going to sing together the hymn, Life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf, the binding of a sheaf, painting. Think of these words as the evening tithe and offering is lifted, please.
particular announcement, that was in regards to say a word of thanks and appreciation to all those who came on Friday night and supported the concert for our Christian school. And we thank all those who contributed and the amount raised on Friday night was £2,580. And so to everyone, thank you sincerely in the Saviour's name. It is a personal joy for me and for uh, the oversight of the congregation to meet to welcome to our meeting tonight the Reverend Simon Anderson. My brother, you were a blessing to us when you were here as an assistant, and we trust and pray that as you come now and minister God's word that you'll know the Lord's blessing. We follow with interest the work in Ochnachloy, and it has been a blessing to see how God has prospered and how God has provided since our brother took up the charge there. Welcome. Uh, seen as near your home congregation, so you're welcome, my brother, to come and preach God's word. Good evening, folks. It's a joy and a privilege to be back with you here tonight in Hebron, here in Balamoni. We give, uh, we're, we're thankful, uh, even to Mr. Park, uh, for the invitation uh, to come along and to minister God's word this evening, and to Mervyn for leading. Uh, the meeting tonight, and for the warm welcome received. We're turning in God's Word uh, to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I have many fond memories of my time here uh, as a student uh, during the COVID days, distant memories uh, to us all. It's lovely to look down tonight and see so many familiar faces and new faces uh, also since we were last together. I bring you greetings from the work in Ochnachloy. The Lord is blessing there, and so far this year we've rejoiced in saying souls saved and a backslider restored, and we look to the Lord to continue even uh, to do much more than this, and what we pray for ourselves there uh, in Ochnachloy, we pray for you here also in Hebrew, and that you'll continue to know the Lord's blessing upon the ministry of the Word of God here in this corner of the vineyard. John, uh, James, the book of James, and the chapter 4, breaking into the reading there at the verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that thou judgest another? Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 
for that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. We'll just bow for a moment's prayer as we seek the Lord's blessing. Seek his help even as we come to consider his word together this evening. Our loving God, Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee and praise Thee for all that has gone before tonight in this gospel service. We thank Thee for the hymns that we have sung together as a congregation. We thank Thee for the open word that has been read publicly here tonight. We thank Thee for the truth of Thy Word. We thank Thee, Lord, that Thy Word is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And therefore, Lord, tonight we would cry unto Thee that Thou would speak even through Thy Word tonight to every waiting heart. O Lord, we would cry, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And in each and every one that's gathered out in this meeting house tonight, O Lord, we pray that Thou would rend the heavens and come down amongst us even this evening. Lord, we would pray that You would hide me far behind the cross. Let none be seen this night save Jesus and Jesus only. These things we ask in our Savior's name and for His sake. Amen. And amen. In this uh, letter, this chapter 4, a general epistle, a letter written by James, he calls upon his readers to repent from worldliness. There in verse 4, we read these words, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. He speaks upon, uh, calls upon them to cease from slander. There in verse 11, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. He, calls, he also calls upon them to think upon life and to think upon their future. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Perhaps he was addressing wealthy businessmen who, who may have been discussing their business deals or, or boasting of their successes in his presence. There's no evidence that they sought the will of God or had prayed about the decisions they made. But rather, they, they measured their success in life by how many times they had succeeded in getting their own way. However, James seeks to warn them of the foolishness and the folly, the recklessness and the madness in living in such a way. There in verse 13, he writes, Go to now, ye that say today, or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. 
whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Tonight I want to take one question from that verse 14 as my text. And it is those four words. What is your life? What is your life? I want you to see as we ask this question in the first place that life is precious. Life is precious. If you're to turn back with me to the book of beginnings, to the book of Genesis chapter 1. If you do so, Genesis chapter 1, if you have a copy of God's Word with you. If we scan down these opening verses uh, of this book of Genesis, we would find, uh, we read there of the, the creation of life. We read there of the creation of animal life. There in these opening verses. We read there of the creation of plant life. So you scan your eyes down through these opening verses. We see there then the creation of sea life in verses 9 and following. God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he the seas. And God saw that it was good. And as a great and as important as all these all are, these things are, we read the creation of the most precious life of all there. We read of it in, in verses 26 through to 28 of Genesis chapter 1. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, let, him have, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing uh, that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Oh, surely today, men and women, it is true, we, be, we become attached to our animals, to our pets. They're good company. They can be taught to, to do many things, to sit, to, to jump through hoops, to roll over, to follow after us. I remember back even to our farming days becoming more and more a, a distant memory. We gave all the animals a little meal every day, and regardless of how wild that they were, they would have followed you anywhere when you just shook some meal in front of them. Oh, we love our animals, but when the life of an animal comes to an end, well, that is it. It's not scriptural to pray for animals. There's no animals in heaven. You may say tonight, well, I'm stating the obvious. However, we live in a day when the preciousness of all 
other life as being elevated above human life. You would be charged and convicted and imprisoned for harming an animal. However, many human lives which are so precious in the sight of God are being murdered sadly in their mother's womb. There's not a word said, not a blink of an eyelid by the world outside. And yet we read there in Genesis 2 and the verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So precious is mankind to God. He made him with knowledge knowledge, righteousness and holiness. Man is ever learning, ever developing himself and other things here on earth. He is ever advancing. Why? Because that is how he was wired. That's how he was made. That's how he was created. I'm no scientist, but everyone has their own DNA. Everyone is made differently. The male and female made distinct. Isn't it interesting? Made distinct. Made male and female, even as we read there in that opening chapter of Genesis, made distinct, but yet they're compatible to go forth and multiply. Why, my friend? Because human life is precious. So precious was man to God that even when they broke the law, when Adam failed there so miserably back in the Garden of Eden, God made that way back for His people through the great work of His Son in redemption. And our blessed Savior was crucified, and He hung and bled and died there on the center cross to redeem His fallen people. Perhaps today you don't feel too special. I want to remind you on the authority of God's Word. Life is precious, and so too tonight is yours. What is your life? Life is precious. But something else tonight, life has purpose. Life has purpose. What does the catechism remind us? Well, it asks the question, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 31, we read these words, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And the psalmist tells us, whom have I in heaven but thee, and where there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee? My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And the startling point for every person is to get right for God, with God. That's the starting point tonight, to get right with God. And then we go on to live for His glory. Martin Luther initially thought that this book of James should not have been included in the canon of Scripture, claiming it was a book of works, misunderstanding coming out of the darkness in which he was in. But how it's a book that reveals to us the outworking of the child of God when we're truly saved, when we're truly born again. Our sole aim should be to reach out and tell others the good news of the gospel. Tell me, are you in that right relationship tonight with God? Are you saved? Do you want to know His plan, His purpose for your life? Well, this is where it commences. God desires tonight that you be saved. 
turn away from your sin and trust Him alone for salvation. In the Old Testament there in Ezekiel 33, in the verse 11, we are reminded, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn away, turn from his way, and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? Do you desire that sense of purpose in your life tonight? You realize that there's something missing? Do you realize that there's an emptiness there within your heart? Well, tonight the starting point, as we've said already, is to turn away from your sin and to trust Christ alone for salvation. And then upon your conversion, you will find a whole new meaning to life. Oh, people often say the Christian life, oh, it's dull, it's boring, want nothing to do with those Christians. Yet it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful thing tonight to be saved. You know, you could possess half a ball of money or more, and yet if you're not saved tonight, you have nothing. What a joy it is to know Christ, to have that sense of purpose within our hearts, within our lives. Have you got it tonight? Have you got that sense of purpose? Have you given your heart to Christ, received Him as Lord and Savior? What about you, Christian? Are you serving him as you ought? You call, is he calling you to do something more for him? And yet you're holding back. What is your life? Life is precious. Life has purpose. But see also with me tonight, life is personal. Life is personal. Our text is very, very clear. It asks the question, what is your life. What is your life? Folks, let's be very clear today. The Lord is not a hard taskmaster. He doesn't follow after us with a big stick. He doesn't hound and harass. If that's how you feel today, I can assure you it's not of God. How you live your life is personal to you. You who are not saved tonight, still unbelieving. We're reminded in, in Romans 10 and 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And yet, you still haven't called. You've heard the gospel many times. Perhaps you sat in these seats, listened here when I was here as a student. Perhaps last year when we visited, you were here. And yet you still haven't called on Christ. You're still found tonight on your way to Christless eternity. Life is personal to you. What is your life? Oh, you're living life as you please. You still haven't called upon Him. You still haven't believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved. Our brother even quoted that verse in prayer, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Over and over you've heard the gospel. Life is personal. The Lord is speaking to you. He's speaking to you again tonight, and yet you continue to refuse Him. His offer of mercy. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Life is personal. Tell me tonight, what is your life? What is your life? What's hindering you? from calling on to Christ tonight. 
and being saved. There's many believers here tonight who are reminded we're bought with a price. However, we still have a choice to live a life which is surrendered to Christ and His gospel or not. Perhaps you're not setting the example as you ought. Do your children realize from your example that it is Christ first and everything else after that? I wonder to mine how easy it is even in the, in the manse uh, for, a, for a minister to get caught up in so many things that are right and how we can lose out in our own families. Christian, tonight, such a responsibility we have, fathers, mothers, to our children see the difference in us, to our family know the importance of the prayer meeting, or are you more of the prayer on demand sort of person, only found in the prayer meeting when there are problems in the home or at work? Oh, there ought to be that consistency in the life of believers. If we want to see others one for the Lord, and we do, we want nothing within our lives that hinder them from coming. Older folks here in the church can the children and the young people of this church look up to you as spiritual parents by your example. Young people are thinking of the future, particularly so in these days, having changed schools perhaps, making choices for their subjects and so on, started university, college and workplace. Tell me tonight, young people, what is your life? Personal life choices must be made. Have you given a thought to God in it all? Have you sought God for His leading? Are you seeking to put Him first? But seek first in the kingdom uh, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, God has promised to lead them on, those that ask of Him. Over in Proverbs chapter 3, we read those familiar words, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them about upon the table of thine heart, and so shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Those familiar verses then, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Isn't it wonderful tonight? God personally leads each one of his children along. However, I remind you, ye are not saved. Life is personal, personal to each one of us. And God desires you personally repent, turn away from your sin, and trust in him alone. Will you do so tonight? What is your life? Life is precious. Life is purpose. Life is personal. But something else, life's problem. Life's problem. What is life's problem? What is it, folks, tonight? 
Well, it is simply this. It comes all too swiftly to an end. Whether it is a babe in arms that passes away, if it's a toddler taken from us, someone middle-aged, someone who's heading for retirement, someone who lives out their life, uh, and the Lord blesses them with their allotted span. It doesn't matter how long it is. The fact is, it's never enough time for us. That's life's problem. It passes by so quickly. Life is brief. Spoken of here even in our text is that vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. That's life. No matter how long or how young, sorry, or old someone is when they leave this scene of time, when they're taken from us, the span of their life has been all too brief. Henry Francis Light, who ministered in County Wexford in the 1800s, sums life up like this in his famous hymn, Swift to its close, ebbs out life's little day, Earth's joy grows dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. The brevity of life is one of the repeated themes of Scripture. O life may seem long when measured in years, but in comparison to eternity, we are told in our text it is nothing more than but a vapor. James borrowed this picture from the book of Job, where you find many pictures of the brevity of life. Over in James 7, and the verse 6, we read, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. In James, or Job 7 and, and verse 9, the, the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away. Our days upon earth, they're but a shadow. Summer's not that far away that you don't remember even that bright sunshine coming in, and you move across a room, and you see the shadow, and then how quickly it disappears. That's a picture of our life. They passed away as swift as ships, as the eagle that hastes to pray. Man is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. Is it not true? Life's problem. Well, folks, tonight, don't be misunderstood for one moment, thinking that you may live forever. Oh, this is a, a problem that we all have to face. It's life's problem. It all too soon comes to an end. Tell me tonight, are you ready for that day? Are you ready for your last day here on earth? We count our years at every birthday, do we not? Maybe we've had a birthday recently. I had one back in August, another year older. Don't like the birthdays, the older you get. You just want them to pass by. We measure our birthdays in years, but you know what God tells us, folks? He tells us to number our days. God tells us there in Psalm 90 in the verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We live every day of life, not a year, or we live life not a year at a time, but rather a day at a time. 
And the days rush by so quickly. The older we get, life seems so brief, and we cannot afford to merely spend our lives, and we certainly don't want to waste our lives. What about you tonight? You continue on in the things of the world. A love for so many things, but no love for Christ. It's passing by your life. That's life's problem. It's just a vapor. It appears for a little time, then vanisheth away. We must invest our lives in those things that are eternal. God reveals His will in His Word, and yet most people ignore the Bible. They ignore the truth of God's Word. God gives clear precepts, principles, and promises that can guide us through every area of our life within His Word. Knowing and obeying the Word of God is the surest way of success. The psalmist reminds us that in the opening psalm, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Christian, tonight I want to speak to you again. I want to ask you something as we face this life's problem, the brevity of life. We have only a short time to live here on this earth. Tell me, Christian, what are you doing for God? What are you doing for Him? Are you living in rebellion? Are you sitting complaining on the sidelines? Everybody else is wrong, only you. No one else does anything, only you. Tell me, are you dedicated to the cause of Christ? We can be dedicated to many things in these days. Dedicated to our work, our hobbies, our sports, organizations, institutions. But tell me, Christian, tonight, are you dedicated first and foremost to Christ? But what about you as we come to a close who are not saved? You've heard of life's problem. Life is brief. It comes to an end all too soon. Tell me, if your life was to end today, are you ready to meet the Lord? Or would you be cast out into outer darkness, that awful place called hell? At the end of July, my wife and her family had just returned from weeks' holidays. On the Monday, our children had just carried on and went to the Free Presbyterian camps. It was just my wife and myself. We'd arranged to meet up. She had went back to work. I had a few days left of leave. And on that Monday evening, life was to change forever. We got a phone call after eight o'clock, giving the news that my sister-in-law had been taken out into God's eternity in a road traffic accident at the age of 35. And folks, tonight, this is therefore why we've came to Bali Money tonight and left this question before you. 
What is your life? What is your life? You see, it's not some sort of rehearsal. This could be your last gospel opportunity. You want to be right with God. You want to be saved tonight. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. As a family, we rejoice someday we'll see Judith again in the better land. Could it be said of you? If this was your final gospel service, you're ready for, to meet the Lord, you've made your peace with God, I trust it is so. I'm going to sing in closing this hymn, the verse uh, 3 of the hymn, O oh, the dear ones in glory, how they beckon me to come. Speaking here of a picture, we must be clear in what, we, what is said here. It's speaking of that intentions of our loved ones that have gone before. It's a picture, metaphors, encouraging uh, those, those that have perhaps you have sat around their bedside and they have said to you, meet me there. They have encouraged you to get right with God. They have told you to get saved. They have assured you that they are saved. And yet tonight, they have gone to be with the Lord. And you're still here tonight. Not ready to die. Oh, come. Come this night. Even cry unto the Lord. You can even cry unto Him in repentance. Even as we sing this hymn tonight. It's a wonderful hymn, speaking of the better land and glory. As we come to the final verse of the hymn, we will sing the final verse without music and the chorus twice at as we come to the final verse of the hymn, standing as we sing, and singing prayerfully as we sing this hymn together, please.
But if the Lord has spoken to you, and your servant for Christ's sake, don't be in any rush away. Feel free to wait around, speak to me, indicate. Even at the door as you leave, you want to speak with me. But think in this question. What is your life? You see, we can't really live until we're ready to die. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee and praise Thee for Thy presence with us this night. We thank Thee for the truth of Thy Word. Father, we believe that Thou art speaking even to hearts even now. Speak on even as this meeting draws to a close. As we take our leave, give no rest or no peace until the Lord has his way. Throw the lost unto thyself this night, we pray of thee. May each one in this building, and those that listen online, know what it is to have pardon from sin and assurance of peace with God. Bless the good things that have been provided for a bodily use. Bless them to our fellowship together, even those that will wait for for the supper provided. And even there, uh, Lord, speak on to hearts this night. May each one of us know what it is, the value of our life. Give thought to this text tonight. What is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Bless us now, we pray. Take us to our homes in safety as we travel a little later. Speaking on to our hearts. These things we ask in our Saviour's name for his eternal praise. Amen.